This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Bob Comsick, filling in for Libby Snymer. The iconic founder of Playboy, Hugh Hefner, has passed away, but you might be surprised to learn just how he influenced Zoomer Media founder Moses Nimer. Plus, we explore solutions to the province's hospital health care bed crisis with the executive director of the Ontario Health Coalition. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. The French National Centre for Scientific Research is developing new ways of getting people out of comatose states by conducting experimental treatments that stimulate the vagus nerve. They recently implanted a vagus stimulation device into a man's chest who'd been in a vegetative state for 15 years, and not only did the man regain complete consciousness, he's slowly learning to walk again. This holds great promise for the future of brain trauma and injury treatment. The 56-year-old Emmy Award-winning star of Veep, best known for playing Elaine in the beloved Seinfeld series, actress Julia Louis-Dreyfus surprised the world with her tweet, One in eight women get breast cancer, today I'm the one. But rather than focusing on her own illness, Julia took the opportunity to bring attention to the need for universal health care coverage for all American citizens. 97-year-old World War II vet John Middlemass has become a social media sensation after his grandson tweeted a photo of him kneeling in the dirt while wearing his World War II veterans cap to show solidarity with the protesting NFL players in their hashtag take a knee campaign. The tweet was shared and liked by hundreds of thousands within minutes and now has over 160,000 retweets and almost half a million likes. Pretty Woman, the musical based on the 1990 box office hit, is headed to Broadway, and iconic music singer-songwriter Brian Adams will be composing the score. A fall 2018 opening is planned. I'm Bob Comsick, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. The man best known for wearing silk pajamas, smoking a pipe, and being surrounded by his Playboy bunnies has died. Suffice it to say, Hugh Hefner changed the way society thought about sex and made quite an impression on the founder of Zoomer Media, Moses Neimer. He really was uh, a pioneer in uh, the whole discussion around sex in post-war North America, eventually the world, and, and spoke for a certain kind of liberation that included women as well as men. Really someone well ahead of their times, uh, quite the risk-taker, as it were. Yes, and, and he hit on this magic formula, of course, which is that uh, as the magazine's success grew and it began to make uh, really significant amounts of money, he was able to hire the best writers in the world and uh, 
and then put together this uh, magic formula of uh, fine writing and naked, nubile young women, unbeatable. And in my particular case, what I remembered most was uh, he wrote this thing called the Playboy Philosophy. It was their attempt to uh, deal with uh, censorship in America, which was quite prevalent at the time. And uh, he gave these arguments a fair amount of intellectual weight and uh, spent many, 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 many years, uh, month by month, issue by issue, propounding his theories. And uh, I remembered all of that. And when I started Zoomer magazine, I thought in my own little bit of homage to Heft that I would call my own thoughts on the question of aging in our society, the Zoomer philosophy. In the early 50s, when Hefner wrote, the great unspoken taboo was sex. And in, uh, in more modern times, more recent times, I argued that the great um, taboo was aging. So he was an inspiration to you then? Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed magazine. And I actually met him and spent a long afternoon with him at one time and found him enjoyable, great to be with. Uh, I also met his daughter and uh, spent similarly a good long day with her and eventually invited her to speak at my conference, the Idea City Conference. But he gave me a very nice tour of the L.A. mansion, including the most hallowed of all ground being his bedroom, that massive round bed surrounded by TV monitors at the time they were bulky things. And uh, we spent a long day because I was trying to convince him to allow me to use the mansion to stage my play, a unusual immersive piece that required a real mansion. It was called Tamara. It was uh, quite the pioneer of um, theater in that you didn't go to a conventional theater and you didn't sit in a seat and look to a proscenium stage and try and pretend that all that was real. It was all quite revolutionary and he was quite fascinated by it and in fact was willing to do it except that the economics required an open-ended run, and he, of course, couldn't commit the mansion to that. And so, ultimately, we didn't do it the Playboy Mansion, though I think now, in retrospect, I should have tried harder, because it certainly would have given us an enormous publicity boost. As someone who's also a, a forward thinker, thinking outside the box... What was it that he did that maybe on more than one occasion had you saying, geez, I wish I'd come up with that. That's brilliant. Well, he made several forays into television, which people have largely forgotten, with uh, one program called Playboy Penthouse and another one called Playboy After Dark. And uh, what was significant about those shows is that uh, given the day, i.e. late 50s, early 60s. He really was the first to champion black artists in America and uh, loved jazz a lot, and focused on jazz artists, and inevitably that meant calling forth the greatest names in jazz who were black. And uh, America and mainstream media were not so uh, willing to do that at the time, so while people focus on Hef and his role in the sexual revolution, I think they miss the fact that he was also quite the leader when it came to civil rights. 
Zoomer Media founder Moses Neimer, thank you for your time and for your thoughts looking back on the life of Hugh Hefner. Pleasure. That was Zoomer Media founder Moses Neimer reflecting on the impact the ultimate playboy, Hugh Hefner, had on his vision. I'm Bob Comsick, filling in for Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, we explore a very serious health issue right here in Ontario. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. As the province looks to resolve its hospital bed shortage, which some say has reached crisis levels, I speak with the executive director of the Ontario Health Coalition, Natalie Mayra, to get her insight. The evidence is very clear that we have too few hospital beds, and it's leading to this inhumane situation where, for the elderly in particular, as soon as you get into a hospital, the pressure on you to get out even to completely inappropriate places, places where your family doesn't think you're safe, you know, all kinds of pressure to move out, too frail, too sick. It's very, very strong. And we have, as a result, the highest readmission rates in hospitals in the country. How many more beds uh, would it take to get out of this crisis? Well, the minister is talking about opening 150 what they're calling transition beds at the shuttered site at Humber River Regional. That is just a drop in the bucket. Really, thousands are needed in Ontario. I mean, just to bring us up to the average of the rest of Canada, we're 14,000 beds short. So obviously that's not going to happen. And our health system is designed, you know, differently than some of the other provinces. But just, you know, we need a capacity study that looks at the continuum of care from primary care, that's like your family doctor or nurse practitioner, to the hospitals, to long-term care homes, nursing homes, to home care, to really use the best evidence available. Benchmarks are one measure, but other measures as well to identify how many we need. But it's not unaffordable. Like I should note that every other province in the country funds their hospitals at a higher rate than Ontario. Ontario and Quebec have been vying for last place in Canada for the last five years or so or more. So we're right at the very bottom of the country. And by every kind of measure, on a per-person basis, as a percentage of our provincial budget, as a percentage of our GDP, so our economic output. So by every reasonable measure, we're right at the bottom of the country in terms of hospital funding. There's room. If every other province can do better than we do, of course we can as well. This is a choice, not a necessity. So there is fiscal room to, to improve the situation. The question is not about whether we can afford it. The question really is one of political will. It's been a political budget decision by, you know, a number of different governments to continue to cut the beds beyond the point at which we're starting to see real inhumane practices emerge, and that needs to be reversed. How much of that funding pie in Ontario is going toward hospitals, and how much should go? Well, since I started 17 years ago here at the Health Coalition, I went back for as far back as I could go in the public figures available, um, and hospital funding has been shrinking as a proportion of health care funding for as far back as you could go, like back into the 1980s. We fund all of health care at a very low rate compared to the rest of Canada. We're right near the bottom of the country in 
overall health care funding. We have an aging population that isn't, you know, a great tsunami uh, or anything like that. It's absolutely manageable within the public health system, but it means that we have to plan to meet the needs of people, and that means that there have to be capacity plans and they need to be put in place and we need to have a real public discussion about funding it properly. The alternative is really, you know, something that none of us could really face. It would be privatized health care. The rich would be able to get care and the poor and the middle class would not be able to get care. Natalie, it'll be interesting to see where this provincial government uh goes with this when I say this provincial government, knowing that there's an election in June of next year, and depending on who wins that, uh, might again mean a little bit of a wait before any action is taken. But again, that remains to be seen what the voters in this province do. (laughs) We can promise one thing, and that is that we are going to make this a key election issue, and all of the parties will have to answer as to what their plans are. Natalie Mayra, thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. That was Natalie Mera, Executive Director of the Ontario Health Coalition. Coming up, he's been taking care of business every day. Now it's time to celebrate the ultimate Canadian classic, Rockstar. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Bob Compsick, filling in for Libby Snymer. Time now for your International Arts Datebook. Tips for those of you jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. We begin in New York City with a new production of Shakespeare's As You Like It, which has just opened at the Classical Stage on East 13th. The cast is led by veteran Ellen Burstyn. Fifty years after his death, surrealist René Magritte is being honored with an exhibition in Brussels. Ten of Magritte's most notable works have been adapted into 3D structures. Mel Brooks' quirky musical Young Frankenstein is now playing London's West End for a limited time. Brooks was in London promoting the play and lamenting how times have changed. He says that political correctness is killing comedy. Young Frankenstein is at the Garrick Theatre. And the continent's largest gallery for contemporary art from Africa has opened in Cape Town. The Zeitz Museum of Contemporary Art Africa is located in historic old grain silos on the city's waterfront. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Book. Canadian rocker Randy Bachman has celebrated his 74th birthday. While he's most famous for his guitar playing with the Guess Who and BTO, his musical education actually started with the violin. He took lessons with the Royal Conservatory until he was 12, but quit after getting fed up with the rigid structure. It wasn't until he was 15, after watching Elvis Presley on TV, that he bought his first guitar. He was then fortunate enough to take lessons with the incredibly talented jazz guitarist Lenny Bro. Needless to say, they paid off. Backman went on to have an incredible career, first as lead guitarist for the Guess Who, and then with Backman Turner Overdrive. Right now, we'll hear one of the biggest hits he had with a Guess Who, their only song that reached the top of the Billboard charts, American Woman. That was the Guess Who with American Woman, guitarist Randy Bachman, celebrating his 74th birthday. 
And that brings us to the end of today's edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Bob Comsick, filling in for Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Snymer. Produced by Michelle Saunders, Paul Thomas, and Andre Lowy. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.